Jesus. Praise Jesus. To whatever you brought in, but it's going to be a good, good, um, good meal, and we hope we also continue having a good, good meal back here. We um, we thank God for, and we want to ask God because um, my mind was going so many places. Um, when I heard this singing this morning, they were singing about the king, about his glory. Wasn't that wonderful? Whoever, whoever selected those songs. And my heart was just, oh, I'm so glad that I, I was hearing them. And they were singing songs of the, the king. And then, uh, yes, and then, uh, then when Nathaniel got up, he brought such a wonderful scripture. Did you remember that scripture we were, uh, that he brought out from Jeremiah chapter 17? Wasn't that a beautiful scripture? And Nathaniel, um, Jeremiah chapter 17. And then my mind was all over the place because, yeah, I was, I'm thinking of the songs that the choir was singing uh, about the king. And this young man got up, and now he's talking um, uh, another, well, well, it was a beautiful scripture in Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, verse, uh, where did he start? Verse, in verse, verse 5, Jeremiah uh, uh, 17, verse 5. All right, let me, let's, since it's so close, go to verse 1. Let, let's just see what the Lord, as we ask God's blessing right there. And I want you to pay attention to in this scripture because this young man, Jeremiah, was a young man when God called him to the ministry. 
and the Lord told him, the Lord told him, don't in verse, uh, hold your finger there and go to chapter 1 of Jeremiah. Okay, turn there for me quickly uh, to Jeremiah chapter 1 when the Lord called him to the ministry. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1. The uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, start at verse 1. Look at verse 1, says the word, let's all read, read loud. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Elkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, Jeremiah sprung from a lineage of priesthood, though himself was not really, really a priest. But this, this is a wonderful uh, story of the life of this man that if you could ever read it, you young men, and how God can use a, how God can use a young man. Jeremiah was just a young man, see, in his days, and he suffered a lot. If you read the old story, how this young man suffered. And God, uh, God helped him to overcome. How he went through the captivity, he saw, he saw Judah being taken into, um, into Babylon um, by Nebuchadnezzar. He saw the three um, uh, stages of the captivity, the carrying away of, of for Judah into, um, into Babylon. So you hear about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were alive there were young boys in in Jeremiah's time and Jeremiah was a young man when he started his ministry so God can call any one of you age doesn't matter your position doesn't matter God can call you to the ministry or to do a work for him then it goes on verse go to verse one says the uh, words of Jeremiah the um, the son of Ilkiah of the priests that were in um, in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, right? So, so Benjamin and Judah, you they were joined together as one tribe. At at um, when uh, when uh, Rehoboam and Jeroboam had the split of the tribes. So, verse two said, "To whom the word let's read of the Lord came." In the days of no, all these are important. Notice uh, names of king. If you're if you're seriously going to study the Bible, then all of this means a lot. If you're just reading the Bible, it don't mean nothing. But you won't know God. You won't understand the ways of God. You get how important it is. Anything is written there. It's for your learning. It's for us to know. So here names are important. Now it says that to whom the word of the Lord came. When when did he get the word of God? When did it come to him? In the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Do you see our Bible? So you have to find out when did it begin. You go back to Josiah. Who was Josiah? He was a king in Judah. Uh, and uh, he was a great king. Uh, but he died by the, um, uh, uh, well, he entered a war that he should not have gone into. And uh, he was warned and he died. So Jeremiah was a young prophet, and this was the time that they discovered the, the book of the law in the temple. All this is important. And this king Josiah read it and caused Israel to begin to, Judah to begin to turn back to God. Very important that name, or these words right there, for you to begin to understand the Bible. It's not just reading one verse and you're gone. 
it's to get a foundation on a knowledge. It's like you go on a job. Uh, you, you young man or locker when you're getting the job, they check everything about you. They want to find out uh, uh, where you went to school, where you were born, what everything you did, they check. And I know that. And uh, they, 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 they want to find out who you, uh, who you are, where you're from. And that, this is what's giving you some information about this man, Jeremiah, a background check. You have a background check. That's what is showing you who he is, who he was, where he came from, what he did. And he connects him to Josiah. And if he connects him to the priesthood. And uh, you have to have a background. You have to have a good reputation. You can't just, uh, 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 people just, okay, but who is this? Who is this man? Who is this lady? Oh, they're men of God. Maybe they're not. See, you need to have a, uh, uh, what did they do? How many churches did they tear up? Do they cause offense in some other place? Do they have a pattern, a lifestyle of that? Uh, you see that? You have to know that. So it's a check. And it's giving you an information about this man, how his background and how good he was. Said Josiah. Uh, he, uh, Jeremiah prophesied in the days, and he was there in the days of Josiah. He looked up to King Josiah. Josiah was his hero. So when Josiah died, it really hurt um, uh, Jeremiah. Uh, but he still had to go on with the work of the Lord. Then he says that, um, let me read it again. To whom the word, yeah, notice. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. And that's good. How did the word of God came to him? Anybody know? Don't raise your hands. How did the word of God came to him? How? How did they? Because they were cleaning up the temple one day. They were cleaning up the temple one day. And in the temple, the word of God was lost because of the garbage and all of the junk that was there. The word of God was uh, lost. It, they piled garbage. Nobody cared about the, the law. And one day, uh, somebody decided to clean it up. And when they were cleaning up the temple, they found a book. And they were amazed and shocked because they'd never seen this book before. It was lost many, many years before. So uh, somebody just began to read it. You know, they didn't know what it was. They began to read it and they realized, my, this is, this is connected to God. This is uh, different. So they took the book and brought the book to the king. And the king was calling for a revival. He knew that Israel and Judah had to get back to God. But uh, he was doing it with the knowledge that they had. But he didn't know and have the full knowledge. But when he read the word of God, he realized how far they had strayed from God. How far they had backslid. Did you know when you begin to read this word, you will know how close you are to God? Or how far? And the scripture said, draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Now, how do you get, how do you get close to, how do you get close to God? Say, uh, 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 one person is sitting here, one, and then the other say, come close to me, come closer. You move, you change your position. Well, how do you get closer to God? By reading the word of God. See, draw nigh to God. You begin to read the word of God, begin to study the word of God, and then God begin to draw nigh to you. You get it? If you want to get close to God, or if you want God to get close to you, you stay in the word of God. So when they found it, the king began to study and read, and he realized, my, 
uh, we need to repent. We need to uh, get closer to God. And he called for a revival, for a turning to God. And during this time, Jeremiah, as a, as a young man, began to read the word. It was found. And you remember what Jeremiah said? Remember the quote? He said, thy words were found. Where? In the temple. And I did eat them. How did he eat them? Not the pages, but he studied them. He ate them by reading them, by studying the word of God. Thy words were found. And I did eat them, and thy words were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. You get that? You you uh, you saw Sister Rosie this morning. You know why she got stirred up like that? That's not all my. That's not my wife. My my wife would not do that. Cannot do that. See, but because she's in the Word, she's studying the Word of God. She lived in the Word of God. She labored in the Word of God. I I have to tell her sometimes uh rest a little bit and. Uh, the word of God is getting in her heart. She's eating the word of God. And that's what she was saying this morning. Uh, you are what you eat. If you keep eating the word of God, it's going to show. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. That word is going to flow out from you. Uh, but if you don't, uh, it's come back to what, what Nathaniel, that scripture he read this morning, about being like a, a heat in the desert. You're dried up. You're in dry places. That's what it means this morning. We'll get to that. But um, uh, this this king, then the verse three said he came also in the days of <clears throat> Joiah king, the the son of Josiah. Uh, he became king after his father, and Josiah was the last good king. And after Josiah, there'll never be and there'll never been a good king until the Messiah come, Jesus Christ. That's another lesson. See, so. Um, uh, it came also in the days of Joiah king, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captives in the fifth month. Do you understand history, how beautiful it is? You go to school and you take history, but you don't understand American history, you don't know times and dates and places, you'll never pass. Uh, you never become a professor in your in that field. You've got to know these things. You've got how much more the word of God. Because all of that will pass away. Uh, bless America. But they, they're trying to overturn the history of America. And bring another foreign history. What, what's going to happen? Then the next generation will not know about America. That as you know it right now. The same thing goes. The devil tried that with the word of God to overturn it and hides it. But uh, thank God that there was someone that was cleaning out the temple that found the word of God. And when you and I begin to let the word of God clean our hearts, you're going to find that God is living there. You're going to find that God is dwelling in, in your heart. Verse 4. Verse 4 says that uh, then, notice here, then the word, the what? The word of the Lord came unto me saying, you see how it's important to get the word of the Lord? Somebody said, God sent me. Let's hear what God said to you. Oh, God told me this. Let's hear. God talked to these people. They're telling us what? You see, uh, God told me. What did God tell you? Well, God tell me to come and lay hands on you. Very rare that God will do that. You see, very rare because God has an order in the church. If any man's sick, let him call for the elders of the church. 
And you're not an elder because you want to be an elder. You're an elder because you're put there, ordained by an elder of the church. That's the only way you can get it. See, not because you want it and you put yourself up there. See, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, here it is. Verse 5, before, here's one, this is a beautiful lesson, look at it. This, this, is, this is a mind-blowing lesson. Tell me, solve it. You know, educate it. I know you're smart. Tell me. Get up and explain this to me. And the word of the Lord. What, what, what word came to Jeremiah? And the Lord had a, a word to him. And the Lord says, hey, Jeremiah. My word. Hey, before, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Oh, my God. That blows your mind. God saying, I know everything about you before I ever made you. Before you were ever born. God says. I knew everything about you. Now if God told Jeremiah that. What about you? What about me? Don't you think that God knows everything about you? Hmm? Now if God knows all your business. Everything about you. Know that you are going to be a male or a female. Before you ever was born. Don't you think that you should fear it? Because he owns your life. Your life is not your own. Before I formed thee. In the belly. I knew thee. I knew thee does just. Well there. That means he knows everything about you. Everything. Your days. The very steps that you make in life. Do you know God knows everything about you? Up until the very day you die. Nobody here knows when you're going to die. You know your birthday. But you don't know when you're going to die. Nobody knows. But God knows all that. He says before I formed thee in the belly. I knew thee. And before. Thou camest forth out of the womb. This is I sanctify thee. That means word sanctify me. I set you apart. To serve me. I set you apart for my glory. Do you get that? And look at the timing. The book was lost. But here was a young man that God has formed in the womb. Sanctified. Planned his life. And now he needed the word. So God let the word be found. That's why you're in church. Because you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Because before God formed you. He knew you. And sanctify, set you apart, and ordained thee. Now, a prophet unto the nation. Now, he was not just ordained after he was born and grew up. But before he was conceived, God had an ordination service for him. I mean, have you ever heard about graduating before you ever was born? That's what God said. I graduate. You are ordained. This position, you are already a prophet before you was ever born. And I had an ordination service for you. Somebody said predestination. Hurry so hard. It's not. All God did was chose you for something before you was ever born. And you wonder why. Why am I in church? Why is this happening to me? It's because God is behind it. And if you surrender, why am I having so, so much trouble? 
Because you're fighting the will of God and you cannot win. He told uh, Paul, Saul, it was hard to kick against the prick. Alright, you and I, you, you, you have choices in life. I want to be this and I want to be that. And you, you set your heart to be. And after a while you didn't become that. Why didn't I become that? And before you know it, here you are in China or someplace as a missionary. And you said, how did I get here? What, what did I do? But if you check God's program and check God's plan for your life, you'll find that nothing can happen without God. Everything that happened to you. And God knows you. You say, but what if I don't want to be? Well, it's hard to fight and resist. But nobody can win God. If God lays his hands in you and call you, you can't get away. That's how great God is. Believe it or not, you can't get away. You can fight it, but you can't get away. It doesn't mean... When Jonah bought his ticket, when God said go to Nineveh, Jonah went the opposite. God turned around, had a fish, and he went to Nineveh. And he wanted, how did I get here? But God has a way. This awesome God, this glorious God, the God that we read about this morning, that can turn your life. That has a purpose. Listen. You're not hearing this word by accident. You weren't born at this time for accident, by, by accident. You came for a purpose. And a reason why. You didn't come to church. You weren't born to be a devil in the church. You're born to be a saint of God. To fight the devil. You came to the kingdom. To push the devil away. That's why you're here at this time. Why are you alive? Or we said, I, I'm here to enter the Olympic. That's good. But when that's over, why are you here? Because that's over. All, all of that is just temporary. And you get a crown. But that's temporary. But there's another crown. It's called a crown of life. That faded not away. And Jeremiah found that crown. And, and this, this makes you want to shout. Before I formed in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth, your mother gave you birth. I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Look at that. A prophet unto the nations. Verse 6 says. Then notice here. Here he saw... And he's trying to get out and he saw his weakness. He looked on his humanity he said, Then said I, Our Lord, God, be old. I'm not smart. I'm not very bright. I'm not intelligent. I cannot speak. I don't have a good education. I, 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 all the excuse. I cannot speak. And I'm only a child. I'm only a child. But it's not what you think about yourself. 
It's not what people think about you. You can call yourself a janitor, but God might not call you that. It's not what you name yourself. You can give yourself any name and your parents give yourself a name. But that's not really your name. Your name is what God gives you, what he calls you, what he thinks about you. And you are what God says you are. Hallelujah. If God said you are an overcomer, it doesn't matter what the world says. You are an overcomer. And you might be crawling in the mud. But God sees the finished product. Before you get to the finishing line. You will be. It's not the way you started only. It's what. And the way you end up. But the Lord said unto me. He's saying. I'm no good. I'm a child. I'm not smart. But the Lord said unto me. Say not. You're a dummy. Don't say you can't sing. Don't say you can't speak. Don't say you can't go to church. Don't say you can't get up early and go to church. And don't miss the choir when they're singing. Because you're too tired and you're too busy. But you get to work, don't you? Are you with me now? You, you put the work first because that's more important maybe to you than God is. But if you begin to give God the rightful place and honor God... You'll find out. Respect. Honor. And get in your heart where I was glad. You have that? Ah, oh, well, church again. I, I wish I could sleep in. Is that the spirit you've got? Oh, there we go again. What time it is. You, you got to lose that spirit. But the Lord said unto me, Say not. Don't speak those negatives. Speak positive. Give God the glory. For thou. Shall go to all. That I shall send thee. Everyone that I am the one sending you. And he told Ezekiel. Don't be afraid of their faces. You know there are people in churches that their face. They'll give you that ugly look. My God. You think his scissors cut him. Cross eye. Ugly look. But don't be afraid of that. The devil gave them that high. You know that. Don't be afraid of that. Because greater is he that is in you. Than he that is in the world. You don't have to be afraid of looks or eyes or cross eye. Or long tongues, short tongues or no tongues. You stand on the word of God. Say not in your heart that you're weak, you're a child, you're a child. But I'm strong in the Lord. Somebody help me. In the power of his might. Say this is a great church. And I will not take side with anybody that fought the church. Nobody. Nobody. Somebody say, oh, I'm a pastor. Do you know that? The Bible said he gave... He gave to the church. Not you and I. He gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists for the perfecting of say You're not a pastor because you say you're a pastor. 
Or because the congregation think you're a pastor. So give me your tithe. That's stealing. You see, if, if I'm not a pastor and I take money from the saints, any church, any church, whether it by mail, uh, uh, what do you call it, airmail, Twitter, no mail, some mail, text, whatever. You know they've got so many modern systems today. Cash up, think about it, and it's in my account. All you got to think, he said, I'm going to send some money right there. Automatically, it's in your account. And, and that's against the pastor of the church. That's wrong. That's stealing. That's usurping authority. Amen. That is usurping authority. It's God that gave to the church. Not me, not you, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into not tearing up, but to the unity. It's got to unite you, not divide you. Anytime, anytime there's a ministry or a message that divides the congregation, you've got some wolves tearing up the church. Any kind of work behind the back of the pastor is no good. Oh, don't tell the pastor. Shh, be quiet. You see, you know what that what that is? Conniving. Crafting. All those words. You can't do that. All of that's wrong. But when the church is wise, the church will know that's wrong. Because they're taught. They won't fall for that. You'll only fall for that if you don't know the word of God. The Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all. Notice, that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. It's all God. It's not about me, my high. Oh, I got a word, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophetess, I got a word, I'm an elder. No, that's not the way. It's got to be the word of God. You see, because the churches have lost the order and no discipline, anything goes. You can do anything you want to do. And there's no correction because there's no law. The word of God is lost in the temple. Like it was in Jeremiah's day. The word was lost in the temple. It's in the church that the word is lost. It's lost because the preacher will not explain the Bible. They're afraid of the congregation. Listen, you stand up for God, God will stand up for you. Because you explain the word of God, there are people going to stand because there are a lot of people that love God. Is that the verse I need? But the Lord said, next verse. Be not afraid, look at that. Be not afraid of their makeup. Of their wigs. Their eyebrow, their eyelash. Their uh, mouthpiece, their mouth guards, their extension of their tongues. Don't be afraid of that. Don't, don't, don't be afraid of their faces. You know, there's a lot of faces, but my God, what does she have on today? What does he have on today? They make you afraid. Don't look in their faces. Look in the face of Christ. 
That's what the Bible says. Do not be afraid. Of their faces. Is it in the Bible? You know what? Because they're going to put on. You remember when Jezebel put on a, a face? When J.O.A. pushed her makeup and put on a face to deceive her? Don't be afraid of their face. My God, what a beautiful. Oh, I can't. I was going to correct him or her. But I. Oh, because of the face. They put on a mask. They're not real. Don't be afraid of that. For I am. Shout glory to God. Somebody. You're not shouting. For I am. Come alive church. Look at that. For I am. With thee to deliver thee. Who said it? Well all you got to do is stand up. Preach what I got. And God said I'm going to deliver you. How many believe that God can deliver you? Well, let me let me go on a little more because I want to go to close it out in in chapter seventeen. Then the Lord put forth His hands and touched my mouth. That's what they need. Look at that. Ooh, ha. He He reached out and touched you. Oh my God! When He touches you, Holy Ghost, fire, power, deliverance. You've got courage to stand up and preach the word of God. Be not afraid. You, you young, uh, young ones, your day is going to come, Nathaniel, where you be stand up as a preacher. And you begin now, like Jeremiah, Micah, and all of you, Aaron. You stand up there and you play the drum like you go with the bango, whatever, like you've never. Alice, good job this morning. Stand up. And the devil said you can't. Yes I can. Hey come on. All of you. You got a bad life. You're down. The devil knocked you down today. I'd like to serve God but I'm ugly. The uglier the better. Because God can save ugly me. And ugly you. I'm talking about God. Mean, ugly. Oh God, your mom and dad couldn't stand you. Your parents had to ask Jesus to help them. Where did you come from? I had a happy marriage until you show up. Where did you come from, boy? Why don't you go back to where you came from? Have you ever heard those talk to somebody? Eh? I got a little bit of it. Mm, got a little bit of it. Mom and dad don't somebody I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> but one day, one day somebody reached out his hands and touched your lips. And when he touched your lips, you don't swear anymore. You don't want to curse anymore. You don't want to drink anymore. You don't want to take dope anymore. Because your mouth, your lips are sanctified. He reached for it. He put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Do you see that? The Lord said, and the Lord said unto me. What does he say? 
Behold, I have put my words. In thy mouth. You're down. You're a child. You don't feel good about yourself. And then God spoke to you. God speak to you. And reached forth and touched your lips. And said don't worry. I put forth my words in your lips. What are you going to do? You're going to shout. That's all you need. That's all you need. Let me ask you a question. You know why sometimes you sit so dead? You've never had a touch. I guarantee you. I don't care if you're cold, dry. I don't care if you're made out of mud, dirt, putty. I don't chewing gum. Whatever make you up. You're starchy. You, you're, you're dry. You can't move. You don't feel no love for God. If he ever touched your lips, you'll never be the same. You're dead and dry because you never had a touch. All he has to do is you'll never be the same. You cry, you quarrel, you say, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go. And you see people, I know the people that throw away the, the dopes, the, the bottle, the whiskey bottle, you know, and they begin to serve God. They turn their backs on the tavern, the nightclub, and the, this book come alive. You know why you, you still love, you know why you still love that burger so much? Huh? And you know why? Huh? Huh? And you can't serve the Bible, it's Saturday night or not, it's got paid. And don't you step on my blue suede shoes. God. You think that's life? That's not life. It's when you know Jesus. It's when Christ, Jesus, touched you, but you've never been touched. It's very, very sad when somebody lived in a life and never was touched or kissed by God. He never felt the affections of God. The love of God. He never, he never climbed in the arms of Jesus. And Jesus loved you and said. You're mine. And Jesus knows. He said my sheep. knows my voice. When he opened his word. His father said. Kiss the son. He wants a kiss. Oh. Every time you put the word to your lips. It's a kiss. Kissing Jesus in songs. Then you go kissing Jesus in revelation. And you said, I think I want a big old kiss. I'm going to give him a big. You go to Genesis and then you skip over. You open wide to revelation. What a big wide kiss. You know, instead of one little verse. Genesis chapter one. Verse one. And then let me walk my mom, verse 2. Mm. And you ever see a mom said, come on, son, give me a big kiss. The kiss on over, little old dead old dry kiss. Come on, son. He said, I want a big old white sloppy kiss on my boy. Ooh, mama boy. 
Jesus boy. He wants to kiss him, want to hug him, want you to hold him, want you to hang on to him, want you to love him, embrace him, kiss the son. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Go to verse 10, then go to chapter 17 quickly. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. To, to do what? To root it up. To pull it down. Somebody's got to root out things out of your mind. It's not going to leave. Unless a pastor pull it up. Root it up. Pull it down. And destroy. And to throw down. And then to build and to plant. You don't build and plant and and waste uh, wreck building. You pull it down. Okay. I could go on there. But let me go to chapter 17. In closing. Go there. Because that's such a beautiful chapter. See how the Bible is wonderful? Okay. Verse 1. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron. That means it, it cannot be erased. When it's written with a pen of iron, it just can't be erased. They've gone too far. And with the point of a diamond, you cannot erase it. It is graven upon the table of their heart. Oh my God. You don't know what was said right there. You can get to a place where it's graven on your heart. Nothing can erase it. You're gone. You're done. Don't play with God. And upon the horns... Of your altar. The orange is power of your altar. So you go to church. And instead of worship and praise. is sin written up there. So when you come to church. The orange is filled with sin. That's why sometimes people can't touch God. They come, they come to church. But they're just dead. No life. They have. I don't care who preach. Or who sing. There's no life. They're just the same that they were last week. Or a year ago. You know why? We need to begin to examine is my sins written with the pen of a diamond. But I want to encourage you this morning or today. The blood of Jesus Christ can erase any sin. Next verse. Let's go fast. Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills. That's idol worship. Even the kids wouldn't serve God. They remember the idols. You know, there's a lot of anything in that world today. Oh, my mountain in the field. I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spoil and thy high places for sin throughout all by border. This, if, if you'd have churches that would explain these scriptures, we'd be different. And thou, even thyself, shall, con, uh, shall discontinue from thy heritage. That means they were going to go in captivity that I gave thee, and I will cause thee to serve thine enemy. Oh my God. That's bad, isn't it? In the land which thou knowest not, that's Babylon, for ye have Kindle a fire in my my anger, which shall burn forever. No forgiveness. No forgiveness. 
Thou said the Lord. Notice this is where we're coming to. You need to pay attention. Cursed be the man that trusted in man. They, they were trusting in other na nations to deliver them instead of God. Just like how you're trusting in your bank book, the mortgage, the loan, or uh, borrow, where you can borrow money. or you don't, you don't trust in God. Your jobs. You trust in man. You're building the church, but you're trusting in man. A pastor has got to stand believing only God. I'm sure God sent help. But it's God behind it. Thus said the Lord. Cursed be the man that trusted in man. And make flesh his arm. And whose heart departed from the Lord. That means he turned away from God. And he turned. To even relatives. Because there's a lot of people up there, their relatives more than they love God. They get more excited about their relatives more than they do about God. They do, really do. And that's flesh. That's flesh. And God's showing you where you ought to put your first love. For he shall be, here's what's going to happen to you, gradually. Oh, you say, but I'm prospering now. Everything is fine now. Let, my, let me tell you something. This is a long life. Eternity. Have you ever seen somebody that had money and was prosperous? And before they died, they died in poverty. They died begging. Popular. And before you, they, they die, for he shall be like a eat in the desert and shall not see when good cometh. That means blessing they'll never see because those days are over. But shall inhabit the parched place. Dry, parched. In the wilderness. In a salt land. And not inhabit. It, it, what the enemies used to do when. They go in and want to destroy totally a place. After destroying. They salt. Or salted the land. Nothing can ever grow there. You know that? And you place in a salted field. A parched. Dry Salted field. Nothing of God can ever grow. Don't reject him. Don't turn to flesh. Don't turn against God. But I'm talking about the Bible. That's all I'm talking about. The Bible. You don't want to be planted. In a place that's salted. For he shall be like the heat in the desert. My, my, my. You know, if you drive down the Mojave Desert, some going down there somewhere, you see little tumbleweeds, dry, no rain, and the, the wind just blow them. You become like that. You have no roots, no substance. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salted land, not inhabited. There's no Holy Spirit there. There's not inhabited by the apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. There's no ministry there. You're planted in a salt land where there's no move of God. You're salted. You go to a church. It's dry. It's dead. Your life is dry. Your home is dry. When you read the Bible, it's dry. You're planted in a salted land. There's no life in there. It goes on. But look at the difference now. 
There's two men. One is in a salted field, parched and dry. But look at this other one. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord. Even under attack, sickness, whatever it is, put your trust in God. Lucky you earned that job. Put your trust in Almighty God. It's not up here, but it's in Christ. Here. Blessed is that man that trusted in the Lord. Do you trust in God? You're going through. You got trouble. You got problem. Everything is against you. Who do you trust in? They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. Somebody shout which cannot be moved. Aaron, you're on your job. Put your trust in God. Live for God. Show God. You'll see what? At least you're saying. God will give you time. Tell God I want to be in church more. Put your trust in God. He's going to meet your, your need and help your two young people. You, it's time to serve God. You'll see what God do for you. This is the best time of your life to trust God. This message is wonderful. I tell anybody here this morning. You're going through. Your life is a wreck. Don't turn to men. Don't lean on, on, on men. You run to men with your problems. That's the thing. Oh, can you help me? They can't. But oh, I know a man who can. His name is Jesus Christ. Let me begin to wind it down. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord. And whose hope the Lord is. <laughs> Oh my God. For somebody help me. Come on. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Was it Micah? One of them explained the water. Parch means you're away from the water. And that spread it. Notice. Out her roots. By the rivers. You know what I mean? You're planted. You're blessed. You're not dry. You're prosperous. You might start off on a job with one car. But after a while you said, my God, I'm going to buy another car and give that new one to the pastor. I'm so blessed. That I'm going to send the pastor to Hawaii. His wife. I was dreaming. Was that, that? I'm back. You don't understand. God can take you up from down there and lift you up there. No, I don't believe that. So you hold on. You're scroogey and you're tight. Okay. Them fists won't get open. Keep them tight. No. Oh, he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water that spread out her root by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green. Did, 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 you know, did you know that there were some people that got more blessed in the pandemic than before? It's true. There's some people. We gave more often to the 
overseas to mission during the pandemic than they can right now. I guess people gave it. They thought they were going to die. Somebody's going to give it. But we did. But her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding food. Have you ever seen a, a, a tree that always yielding? Always yielding fruit? And some you get up there, they ain't got a thing. Now, now you put that over in your life. Some people, they always give her. They always have something to bless. Always have something. Are there some? A dollar. You're lucky to get a dollar. And they got a dollar face. They look like a dollar bill. They never give a ten dollar, hundred dollar. That would kill them. That's too much to give to God. Let me give him a dollar. And the reason why you give a dollar is because you're too ashamed to. The coins will make noise. I'm not talking about it. I'm just, it's a lesson I'm showing you. I'm giving you a lesson. It's a greatest lesson on prosperity. Closing. And notice what. But her leaves shall be green. And shall not be careful. In the year of drought. That means you spend. You go shop buy grocery. You won't have to pinch your dollar bill. Neither shall cease. From yielding fruits. Next verse. Then goes on the heart is deceitful. Your heart will deceive you. You sit there and your heart lies to you. Your, your heart will tell you, oh, the pastor is not preaching from the Bible. Yes, I am. And you get mad at the Bible. Hmm? You won't admit it, but you, you're mad at the word. The word pricks you. And you won't break. You won't surrender because you've got something in that little heart of yours. The heart is deceitful. It's deceiving you. Your heart is lying to you. It's not the pastor. It's your heart. You got it. You walk around with it. You sleep with it. It's lied to you every day. Put thoughts. It's deceitful. Above all of the ministry. That you think is deceiving. Above all things. And desperately with your heart inside of you. Desperately wicked. My heart. And that's why we need a change. It's desperately wicked. Then he said who can know it? You can. But only Jesus Christ knows your heart. God knows. That's why we come to the Lord. And ask him to forgive us. Don't it? And ask him to cleanse us. The next verse says. I the Lord. Search the heart. That's why you repent. Hmm? I uh, Was it uh uh, uh, Friday night I think Thursday night I heard God I felt God searching my heart it was so real hmm? Never. it's a long time that experience and I sat there and I felt God searching my heart and I felt like all I wanted to do was cry and broke I did I didn't tell anybody mama didn't know and I sat there and when the Lord searched my heart, the Lord told me to do some things that I would have never have done. And my heart became soft. I didn't plan it. It just happened. 
And the Lord showed me to do some things, and I did it. Oh my God, my heart became soft in that area. That was hard for years. God can, I'm, I use it, God can touch your heart and somebody you don't like. And soften your heart. And until you let that happen, let God work, you'll never be what you could be. God knows the heart. Ask him to come into your heart, cleanse you, uh, deliver you. The heart, notice, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I, the Lord, search your heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit. Of his doing. That's where the fruit of uh, good and evil, whatever it is, is there, right there. Well, I want to repent and ask God to touch me today. Lord, search me. I try the reins to give every man according to his work. Don't you want God to touch you today? Let's just bow our head right here. Father, I thank you for the word. Right where you are praying, I ask God to touch you. I ask you to touch me right now. Touch my heart and cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. I ask you to bless me, touch me. Bless this church, bless the family. Bless these young men that comes today. Bless all of the young people. Bless, Lord, everybody that's here today. The young children, the adults, Lord, the older ones, we ask you. Your spirit will be with us. Bless the meal as we partake of it, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the ladies that have cooked, provide, and for everyone that come. May we enjoy your fellowship, and the right spirit will be there. Give us the right spirit. God, the spirit of Christ, Christ-like spirits, we thank you. Give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank God for today. We're going to... Uh, ask Brother Edward to come and receive the offering for us and give generous, give very generous. And I want you to go back and take your time and eat. Don't rush. Enjoy your meal. And if we ask the, the um, ladies if there's enough that you'd like to take for somebody that you know that needs a meal and we have enough, check it out. We'd be willing to, um, we'd be willing to give you so. And, and and brother brother Kevin, you know Kevin is not here today because he's sick. He had to go to the um, emergency, so he's hoping that he'll be better for Wednesday. He called, so we thank God for it. So we want to pray for him at the um, close of the service. So brother received her offering for us. Thank God, and the prior request. Praise God. God is good, isn't he?